Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we're talking with Mark Gardner from our very own Aspect Legal about the tips and traps in lease assignment in the context of business sales for buyers and for sellers. Mark deals with a lot of our clients who are buying and selling businesses, and he comes to the topic of lease assignment with a wealth of knowledge, in fact, more than 30 years. He is a lawyer, consultant, and business advisor specializing in corporate and commercial law, and together with extensive business management experience, his advice is underpinned by an MBA. Now, if that's not a reason to get your pens out for this episode, I don't know what is. So without further ado, here we go with our discussion with Mark. Mark, welcome on board to the Deal Room Podcast. It's so good to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Joanna. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. Now, today, of course, we're talking all about the top tips, the top things to think about when you're buying and selling a business in relation to leases. So why don't we kick it off just maybe by giving a little bit of background on what the difference is between retail and commercial leases? Because I think this is sort of the one you know, one area that many um, buyers and and perhaps even sellers don't necessarily fully appreciate, that there's this this thing called a retail lease and this thing called a commercial lease and they're two slightly different concepts. So maybe talk us through what that is, Mark. Sure. Well, I guess the first thing to note is that uh, leases are regulated by uh, each state. It's all, all slightly different, but every state has a Retail Leases Act. And the Act was introduced to protect the interests of tenants from, from landlords of retail premises who um, might have perhaps not been completely forthcoming with all the information about a lease or any of the intricacies and so forth. So the Retail Leases Act requires landlords and tenants and prospective tenants of retail premises to complete disclosure statements, exchange those statements before the lease is entered into, and those statements really summarise the lease and identify all the key aspects of the lease that the tenant needs to know. It's a really important document. Yeah, fabulous. And and just to make it clear, and I, I guess just restating where we are, so we have retail leases, i.e. those are the leases that are governed by this legislation that we're talking about, the Retail Leases Act that is state-based, so slightly different in each state. Then we have commercial leases, so that's leases that fall outside of that legislated environment. So there's a little bit less um, regulation, I guess you'd say, in relation to commercial leases to the extent that there is that regulation of retail leases. So if we're coming back to retail leases, let's talk about what an example is of the type of leases that are captured by this retail leases Act legislation? Well, a retail lease is a lease for a premises that is firstly less than a thousand square meters. That's pretty much the measurement in every state act. And uh, what are retail premises are defined by the act. And each act around the country has a schedule attached and it lists the type of businesses 
that are retail leases. Um, and some of them uh, are less obvious. Uh, for example, a dry cleaners is a retail lease. It's not, not something you automatically think about if you're buying a dry cleaning business, but that's a retail lease and governed by the Act. Uh, the 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 um, a flower shop, uh, and then of course there's a whole range of of uh, other premises at a court. The other thing to bear in mind is that the Retail Leases Act also applies to non-retail businesses that are tenants within shopping centres. Some shopping centres have a commercial component to them, and if it's part of the broader shopping centre, then that premise might be captured by the Retail Leases Act. And it's something that will need to be looked at fairly carefully. Excellent. So really good point. Um, it's important if you're considering buying a business to understand whether or not the business will be governed by, as a retail lease, be governed by the Retail Leases Act, or whether it's a commercial lease. And um, as you said, there uh, is a whole list of types of businesses that will be included or indeed where the um, where the premises are positioned themselves might be the pointer as to whether or not they're um, captured by the Retail Leases Act legislation. So now if, we, um, if we're looking again at retail leases versus commercial leases, let's talk about the assignment um, provision. So what is it that sellers need to be aware of in the assignment of a retail lease? And I guess, you, you know, on, on the flip side, the buyers as well. Sure. Well, the first thing a, a seller needs to be aware, aware of is that they need the landlord's permission to assign the lease. Uh, even though the, the, the buyer wants to buy the business, they need to buy the business, generally speaking, in the premises that it's been operating out of the whatever time the seller has had the business, and the landlord's consent is required. And there are formal steps that need to be taken to make sure that the landlord's consent is obtained, and it's a procedural requirement regarding a, uh, a disclosure statement uh, obligations and uh, then a formal consent from the, from the uh, landlord and uh, then a formal document assigning the lease. So it's, a, it's quite a process and there are, uh, is a timetable set out uh, in the Act which outlines when disclosure statements need to be given and it will impact upon the timing of the sale. So it's one of the things that need to be taken into account when the completion date of a, a sale or purchase is. Uh, often these things need to be done quickly and there's generally uh, a desire, uh, particularly on the part of a seller, not to notify the landlord until they have a signed contract of sale. But if, if the seller and buyer want to then complete the transaction quickly, it might well be impacted by the timing of the requirements of the Act and how tardy or otherwise the, the landlord may be in giving their consent. Do you know what? That is such a good point because that's uh, an issue that um, I think many buyers and perhaps sellers don't appreciate in relation to the timeline of the transaction, um, that there there are these uh, required timeframes to enable a disclosure document to be given in time before they are to be effective. So that means, you know, the period of time that they must be given prior to the date that the matter completes um, and the business passes over to the buyer. I think that's such, such an important point. The, the other thing that I see um, done wrong from time to time is um, the lack of realisation of the need 
for a disclosure document um, from the to be provided as part of the transaction. And there's some real consequences for this. Mark, do you want to take our listeners through what those consequences can be, um, particularly for the seller for a failure to provide those proper disclosure documents? Uh, well, uh, Joanna, the, the, the problem for the seller is that if the disclosure document's not given and uh, formal consent's not obtained, then the seller can, can remain liable for the obligations of the lease for the duration of the lease term. So it's, it's significantly uh, impactful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I guess the the next issue that I see come up regularly, um, regularly in the consideration of, um, you know, the best way for a seller and a buyer to deal with this whole issue of assignment of a lease is rests in the fact that a landlord doesn't necessarily have any um, reason to want to agree to an assignment of the lease if they have concern about the um, the buyer who, who's coming in and their ability to run the business. So maybe we'll start off with what does the Retail Leases Act say in relation to any obligations a landlord might have in relation to assignment? Well, the, the landlord must act reasonably. That's the first and foremost consideration. But the landlord's entitled to take into account the ability of the prospective tenant to run the business and is able to compare the financial position of the seller and the buyer so that the landlord can make an informed decision as to whether he believes the the buyer of the business is a suitable tenant for his property. Much as they do an assessment of a prospective tenant when leasing for the first time, when the lease is being assigned, they will, un- they will undertake a similar assessment process. The Act outlines what they can and can't take into account, but it is important to note that landlords can refuse uh, on certain grounds uh, to grant that grant that consent. And then, you know, if we're thinking about, well, how do we arm, arm our buyers and our sellers with, um, you, you know, the highest likelihood of being able to get a landlord to consent to assignment. Do you have any tips um, that you provide to our clients in this area, Mark? Um, the key is that the, the seller needs to really uh, encourage the buyer to share with the sellers their financial circumstances, their background. Now, it may be too much to ask for bank statements as the seller, but the landlord may well ask for them. And I think it's important to really uh, engage in a dialogue with with the buyer, uh, perhaps through uh, a broker who's assisting the sale, as to uh, the situation you may have with a landlord. You may have a, you may have a difficult landlord. Uh, you may have a, a landlord who was very exacting through the initial leasing process, uh, which might impact upon his desire to uh, consent quickly and cooperatively in, in the sale process. So timing is critical and a, and a free flow of information is very helpful. Yeah. I um, I sometimes look at it as though it's almost like you're pitching a marketing document to the landlord, isn't it? You know, you what you're doing is you're pitching this buyer as a good tenant for the landlord moving forward. You know, you, you, you're trying to create... Um, a good story behind the buyer as to why the landlord shouldn't be nervous about taking on board the buyer as the as the tenant um, in that assignment of lease. That's exactly right because from the landlord's perspective, he has a tenant 
he has someone who's paying the rent every week or every month and he's very happy with that, um, he doesn't necessarily want to deal with somebody else. So the seller has to almost convince the, the, the landlord that this is a suitable sale, that this tenant's going to keep paying the rent and keep complying with the lease obligations exactly as the, the seller has up to that point. And I guess we need to also then consider, well, if we run into troubles, if, if, we, if a landlord takes the position that the experience perhaps of the buyer coming in is significantly different to that of the seller that they have as the tenant right now on the hook, um, let's sort of talk about the sorts of things that a buyer might potentially look at to make the landlord more comfortable. I guess the first thing, obviously, is that security. Okay. Well, to help the landlord make the decision, the, the buyer might perhaps offer more security. A retail lease may have a three-month security bond, might be four months. Uh, the, the buyer could offer a, a greater bond period. The lease may or may not have a personal guarantee. Uh, the buyer might offer a personal guarantee. So those kind of uh, top-ups of security to give the, the landlord some comfort into the position they're taking. And, Mark, I um, we've discussed in the past, you have a great story um, in relation to this area. Maybe take us through, because I love all stories. You know, they're the best. Everyone, you know, it, it certainly helps drive home the points, I think, best when we can talk about actual examples. So talk us through your war story in this area. Yeah, we, we were um, retained uh, to assist a buyer of a, of a business when the landlord was refusing, he was refusing to consent to the assignment of the lease. Uh, it, was a, it was a restaurant. I think it was Hurstville in, in Sydney. And the restaurateur was selling a business to his head chef who had worked with him for five or more years, was really the, the, the key to the success of the restaurant. Uh, the owner wanted to retire. The head chef wanted to buy it. Everyone's happy. The landlord was not convinced that the head chef had the financial circumstances behind him to take on the lease obligations. Um, and the landlord actually refused to grant consent, which was problematic for all. So there are some protections. Uh, we, we argued that the landlord was being unreasonable in, in refusing. And under the Retail Leases Act in New South Wales, uh, an application can be made to the, the Small Business Commissioner's Office uh, for a decision in the matter. And the matter went to, to a hearing before the Small Business Commissioner's Delegate uh, on, on um, deciding the merits of the, of the refusal. And in that instance, the refusal was found to be reasonable because the, 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 uh, the chef hadn't been in Australia long before he started working at the restaurant. He, he didn't have a lot of assets behind him. Uh, all he had was his skill as a cook. And the, the uh, Small Business Commissioner found that the lack of financial security um, was a reason uh, was a reasonable ground for refusing to grant the consent. Now, what can happen, of course, um, in in matters is that it's unusual to take a matter to hearing because quite often the sale will simply fall through before that. So it's really important when when buyers and sellers are thinking about their obligation uh, in relation to the lease that they consider that. It, security aspect, financial backing, uh, and, and whether or not it's likely or otherwise that the landlord is going to be difficult because we don't ever really want to, you know, time and, 
and investment of energy and emotion into selling or buying a business for it to fall through because of something like that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think I think you're 100% spot on there in that, you know, I, I think the lesson here is understanding the difficulties that potentially can be there and preparation, getting prepared with um, your your approach to the landlord so that you're making the approach in the right way um, and also making sure you've considered what you'll do if the landlord doesn't consent um, if you feel that there might be some sort of, you know, question mark over whether the landlord may have, um, you know, a right to refuse consent to assignment. So, you know, lining yourself up with those alternatives in terms of, you know, looking at um, additional security. Um, and, and you know, in some instances, there may be other ways around. Um, in in a few instances, we've had to come up with creative solutions, We've uh, managed to uh, organise for a, for example, perhaps a sublease where the where the where the current tenant might actually stay on until the end of the lease term if that's not a particularly long period of time, and sublet to the new business owner if indeed that's allowed under the lease. Sometimes the lease will um, prevent. Um, the the ability for the tenant to sublet, but sometimes that will be allowed. So you know, I, I guess the the point is there might be creative solutions um, that you might be able to come up with. But in the first instance, if you prepare well, um, the whole idea is use preparation to try and ensure you have the highest likelihood of having the landlord consent to that assignment. Um, now, of course, we've been talking about retail leases here. Um, so next, very, very quickly, if we just look at commercial leases, um, I guess the one thing to point out is in commercial leases, it's all about what is contained within the lease itself. So here we don't have um, the same protections under legislation that we do in the Retail Leases Act. Um, we're more required to go and look under the um, under the terms of the lease itself. So I guess in those instances for a commercial lease, it's super important to understand what the lease says um, in relation to each of these areas. Um, and I guess one area, Mark, we might sometimes see is um, provisions in the lease itself that talk about a landlord's uh, requirement to act in a certain way um, on assignment. So what are those sorts of things that we'd be looking out for? Hopefully, and ideally, a lease has a clause which talks about assignment. Uh, some don't, some don't. So you're then thrown onto the good graces of the landlord to consider an assignment. Um, but uh, you know, as, a, as a seller, a key watch out would be uh, if the clause about consent says the landlord can grant consent in its sole discretion which means it doesn't really have to have a reason uh, to consent to a lease assignment. So um, you'd like to see words which uh, that says you know, the, the landlord acting reasonably or the landlord acting reasonably and in good faith. They're, that's a key area to look at. Um, I know you like like war stories, Joe. And, I uh, do! <laughs> uh, we, 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 we had one instance where a landlord was refusing to grant an assignment of the lease because he planned to redevelop the building. And the, the, the existing lease did not have a redevelopment or demolition clause in it. And this was his opportunity to you know, remove a tenant and then uh, undertake a redevelopment. 
So he didn't have to ha- didn't have to act reasonably. Didn't have to give his consent. Chose not to. Oh, look! I tell you what, it's um, it's a wild world out there in our land of um, preparing sellers and preparing buyers, isn't it? You know, and and it just just comes back to that reminder. You know, you need to understand what your lease says before you're moving to market um, to sell your business. If you have the opportunity to tighten it up. You know, look at these assignment clauses. Look at term. You know, term can be a really important thing for buyers to ensure that they have a significant enough term that they can rely on um, under the lease. Uh, um, What are other things that um, you think a seller should be, you know, mindful of in terms of understanding their lease and and perhaps if they have the opportunity to renegotiate lease terms as they... um, come to market ultimately with the sale of their business? Uh, one one of the key things to look out for is the permitted use of the premises. There are some instances where the permitted use is quite narrow. Uh, it's something to look out for when taking out a lease generally and that the permitted use of the premises is not, it's not too narrowly defined. Uh, I came across a, a lease a while ago which defined the permitted use as being the retail premises of a uh, a convenience store, uh, very narrow permitted use, and the buyer, uh, it w- sorry, the the there was a a non a non business sale relate uh, uh, matter where uh, the tenant was closing down his business because it wasn't wasn't successful in that location and wanted someone else to take on on the lease um, who was not going to be running a convenience store, and so we then had to go to the to the landlord and seek uh, not just a consent to assign the lease, but a consent to vary the lease uh, to change the permitted use. Uh, so that's another kind of little watch out. Yeah, yeah, really good point. Well, look, a huge thank you, um, Mark, for coming on to the Deal Room podcast today. I think what we're talking about today, super important issues, super important issues for sellers in the preparation of getting their business to market, um, but also for buyers in terms of understanding the process and the timelines involved. Um, so huge thank you for you to coming on the show today, Mark. Oh, it's a pleasure, Joe. Anytime. Wonderful. Well, that's it for this episode of the Deal Room Podcast, where, of course, Mark and I have discussed lease assignments in the sale of a business. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, head over to our website at www.thedealroompodcast.com, where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode if you'd like to read it in more detail. There, you will also be able to book in a call with our legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you'll be interested in getting some assistance in buying or selling a business. Of course, as we covered in today's episodes, there are lots of things that you should be thinking about in preparing from the sell side and in understanding on the buy side to ensure that you've dealt with lease assignments properly in the sale of a business. Well, I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. Thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. 
We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 